And so we return to our scripture reading, which is Psalm 46, and recalling, as we have each time we have been meditating upon this psalm, Psalm 46 is a psalm which proclaims the preeminence, dominance, and security of God in one field after another. The robust, defiant tone of this psalm strongly suggests that it was composed at a time of crisis. In the closing verses of Psalm 46, we move to a vision of things finally to come. In other words, what we have here in verses 8 through 10 is eschatological in both its content and promise. Verses 8 and 9 is an invitation to witness God's works at the closing of world history, where God brings his peace by force. The scripture says he makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. While the outcome is peace, the scripture is telling us here in Psalm 46, the process in getting there is judgment. The words he makes wars to cease are set in a context not of gentle persuasion, but of a world devastated and forcibly disarmed. And as we know, such will be the reality when Jesus Christ returns. Revelation chapter 19 speaks quite directly, quite graphically, to this truth. In the 19th chapter of Revelation, starting at verse 11 and reading to the end of the chapter, it says, Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. And makes war. This is the return of Christ. This is the second coming. He comes to make war. The warrior king. His eyes are like a flame of fire. And on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun. With a loud voice he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead, Come, gather for the great supper of God, 
to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the, and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and against his army. And the beast was captured. And with it the false prophet who in its presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped its image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse and all the birds were gorged with their flesh. And here in Psalm 46, here in verses 8 and 9, we're given the poetical picture of what I just read from Revelation 19. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. And so in verse 10 of Psalm 46, when God says, be still and know that I am God, these words, now pay close attention, these words are not to be taken as a calming assurance to God's people at all. Now here's a shock, an alarming shock to so many Christians. Be still and know that I'm God. And how, how many postcards, how many placards, you know, how, how many framed pictures with, with these tranquil scenes in the back and those words, be still and know that I'm God. And it is so misinterpreted. It's completely misinterpreted. Misapplied. Those are not words that God is speaking to his people. If those words were spoken to his people, it would, it would be this. Be still to know that I am Yahweh. That I am the Lord. But no, it's be still to know that I am Elohim. That I am the God sovereign. The God creator. These words, listen, these words are a rebuke, a rebuke to a restless, rebellious, turbulent world. To be still is a divine demand to the warring nations to cease, to stop, to leave off their hostility to God and his people and to acknowledge his sovereignty and kingship. That's what be still to know that I am God is all about. And that is the right interpretation and the right application. The context bears it out. Because the end in view here, 
the end in view of this, of this command to the nations. The end in view is God's glory. God's glory, look at it. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among who? The nations. I will be exalted where? In the earth. There's nothing here about the church. This is not directed to the people of God. This is directed to the rebellious, godless world that has defied the living God. And here is the Lord at the end of all time, at the end of all ages. And he is demanding, rightly demanding, justly demanding. Know that I am Elohim, the true, the living God, the eternal God. The God who is your creator and judge. I will be exalted among you. I will be exalted among you. Is there a New Testament parallel to this? There is. There is. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 and verses 9 through 11 is the parallel. Nine through eleven of Philippians chapter two says this: Therefore, God has highly exalted him, him, him being God's eternal Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. What name is that? It's not Jesus. It's Lord, Lord. So that at the name of Jesus who is Lord, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess, confess what? That Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Will the godless nations bow the knee to Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God? Will they confess that he is Lord? Oh, yes, they will. Oh, yes, they will. He will be exalted. And he will be exalted by them who in their hearts hate him to the nth degree. But they will be before him as defeated and conquered forever. So on this, you will never look again at be still and know that I'm God the same way, ever again. That's not, that's not anything. That has nothing to do with this tranquil, quiet picture, this serenity that, yes, I, you know, as a Christian, I just want to just be still and know that he's God. No, that's not what Psalm 46 verse 10 is about. 
That's not the application. And I do hope, brethren, that this is just another example of why context is so critical. Context. But wow, what a context. A vision of future things to come. The last things. This is biblical eschatology. Right here at the end of Psalm 46. And we should say glory to God for this. Let's pray. Holy, righteous, eternal God. You will be exalted among the nations. You will be exalted in the earth. In all the majestic splendor of your eternal glory. All nations, all peoples, great and small, will bow the knee to you, our Lord and our God. And how, Holy Father, they will affirm your Son, your eternal Son, Jesus, the Christ, as the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. What a day that will be. A day in which even we as your own people your adopted children by Christ, we can't even wrap our minds around what this day is truly going to be like. We thank you for the pictures you give us and the promises we behold from your word concerning such a day as this. And we are also thankful and comforted, Father, that the godless, rebellious, defiant nations that they will not ultimately take the field and win the day. But the wicked will be conquered. The children of Satan, they will be wiped out by the warrior king. Jesus Christ, when he comes to make war and he will have the victory. Holy Father, we, we anticipate this day with joy and gladness, not with sadness or grief. Because we know that this day will even be our day, your people. A day in which we are united with Jesus Christ our Lord in such a way that it will be the manifestation and the fullness of our eternal joy. 
And so, Father, we pray that as, as we ponder, as we meditate, as we think about what we have read just now from Psalm 46, Lord, we, we ask the Holy Spirit to so apply this word of infallible truth to our hearts, to our minds, that will grow in our hearts as your people a holy anticipation of what is to come. That we will look, we will look with an eagerness, with a readiness for the return of Jesus Christ our Lord. And that we will stop fretting and we will stop being so anxious over the present state of things in this world and what, what men and devils are doing in the present hour. Lord, we know that they cannot overturn your purpose, your plan. They cannot, they cannot undo what you have decreed from all eternity that you are and you will bring to pass. Lord, let us, as your people today, take deep comfort in this and to do so for the sake and the honor of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. In his name we pray. Amen and amen. So now we turn to our bulletins on the very back. And let us, let us read and recite publicly this great creed of the church, the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, begotten from the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made of the same essence as the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. He became incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made human. He was crucified for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. The third day he rose again according to the scriptures. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again with glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will never end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. He proceeds from the Father and the Son, and with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified. He spoke through the prophets. Amen. Our hymn of